It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin, and the show for fans who know what happened They want to know why and how. Today's episode is brought to you by Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin. Working hard to bring you what's possible for your health. The Freighter and MCW Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. Lily Zhao is on the show today for Expert Tuesday. She is the WFRV sports anchor and reporter in Green Bay and is around the Packers all the time in the locker room. You are often seeing her shining face uh, all over uh, videos that are posted on Packers.com. You may see it on ESPN, on Fox. Uh, She is all over this team and is going to provide her insight a little bit later in the show. Really looking forward to that conversation with her. I want to start today's show uh, with this question uh, that sets up something that I think is an, an important topic as we move forward here, looking for the return of Devontae Adams. Hi, Peter. What's happening? Hello, Peter. What's happening? This is Kevin from Germany. This question might sound weird at first because obviously Adams is the best receiver on the team, but considering what we saw from the offense, especially yesterday... Do you think not having Adams was helpful in the, in the development of this offense? Thanks a lot. I'll stay locked on. And this is one of those questions that can often become, um, when we're discussing it and having these kinds of conversations, it would be easy to devolve into cliches and, oh, you know, Rodgers developing trust in these guys and and all all of the the football cliches that we can use and and uh, you know the, the football cliches are there and they're important one of the major questions coming out of the last three weeks is was this good for the offense to have Devonte adams out because they went three and oh and they could go four and oh because i i think there's no question they can go to kansas city and win a game with about Devonte adams it would be easier to do it with Devontae, no question. But was this all healthy? Was this good for the development of this team? And, you know, I, I guess I have a problem with the supposition that is inherent in there, and that is, would this offense not have been better off if Devontae Adams had played these games? And I just don't, I don't feel that way. It is the case that these moments and these reps were crucial for these guys. And we all know how important confidence is with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think it's a coincidence that we saw a lot of Jake Kumro and a lot of Alan Lazard and very little Darius Shepard on Sunday. Darius Shepard 
got his reps. He got his opportunities. And we could say, oh, it was important for him to get those opportunities. Except that when he got them, he didn't deliver. And so his role got subverted in favor of Alan Lazard, who delivered on his opportunities. That is useful, but not to Darius Shepard. It's not. So Matt LaFleur talked about this on Monday, and I, I thought it was it was a great point to make. And he said, look, you know, yeah, it's it's nice to have them out there getting reps with Aaron Rodgers. But more, it's nice to have them getting the work to get the details right. And that's what he really emphasized. He said the repetitions, it's not so much getting on the same page as Rodgers because Rodgers, you know, with no prep time, Alan Lazard goes out and is on the same page with Rodgers because Rodgers is special. He can just throw the ball where the receiver is supposed to be. And if the receiver gets to where he's supposed to be, it's a completion. It is more about getting the things in this offense right, the details, the little things, the route adjustments, the coverage adjustments. You know, Matt said, you know, when the receivers are learning the offense, it's more about getting the fundamentals down. These are the route concepts. These are, you know, the steps. And this is where the ball is coming out. This is the timing. That stuff you need to be done with in training camp and early in the season. At this point in the season, it's all about getting those details right. Okay, if you see the safety here and the corner is playing you here, then you need to break off this route this particular way. Rodgers needs to know that you are going to do that and that you know to do that and you're going to be in this spot. That adds an element to this offense that wouldn't have otherwise been there. I think there were times early in the season when plays broke down and and guys didn't know where to be. They didn't work open. They didn't have those details ironed out. And now we're seeing those details come to life. And that is repetition. Because if you're not getting the practice reps, you're not getting the game reps, you're not as focused on those details. It's one thing to practice it and to go out there and, and get those reps in practice or to be out there on scout team and, and try and work on your craft. It's another thing to be able to do it in the game, to have someone uh, cover you, to, to react to what you're doing, and then in the game have to adjust to that. And those in-game adjustments, that stuff is all valuable. Is it going to matter in week 12 or in the first round of the playoffs if Alan Lazard was was on the field over Darius Shepard in week five or week six? I don't think so because Devontae Adams presumably and MVS and Geronimo Allison are going to be the guys out there. Now, being able to go to Lazard if you need him, if there's injuries or if you want to go to a four receiver set or someone is struggling with their matchup, that has value. But ultimately, the offense thrives or fails with its star players. So it, it works only if Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones and that offensive line are out there and they're in sync. It's nice to get Geronimo Allison going. And it's, it's obviously great to win these games with Jake Kumaro catching a touchdown pass and Alan Lazard making a leaping grab and Jimmy Graham getting involved. And, and you're winning these games. But the offense's ceiling is predicated on the production that you can get from Devontae Adams because I don't think, you know, even with as good as Rodgers was on Sunday, I don't think they can go to New Orleans and win a game without Devontae. So he is still the driver of this offense. Now, what is nice, it's not just the receivers. It's getting those goal line reps 
where you're getting the ball to Jamal Williams. And it's those first and 10 play action reps where you're hitting deep shots to MVS or you're getting Danny Vitale involved in the game. I think it is everyone understanding that you don't need to force feed Devontae Adams. And, and this offense wasn't doing that. You go back and, and look at some of the games early on in the season. And, and yeah, the Minnesota game, they wanted to get Devontae involved, so they did. The Eagles had no answer for Devontae Adams. And so that was just like pitch and catch. But Rodgers can now have faith in this offense at every level. And that is more important than any single play or even uh, any group of plays that, say, Geronimo Allison makes in relief of Devontae Adams, let's say. So, yeah, it is important that these guys went out there and produced. And it is important that they won these games at, at first and foremost. I mean, that is the top priority is winning. I think there are marginal improvements that can be made from getting some of these guys reps, but it's more about those little details that allow this offense to move forward in ways that it might not have otherwise if Devontae Adams is getting the lion's share of targets. What this proves, though, is how adaptive this offense can be. And if Devontae Adams is the focal point of a defense, then Aaron Rodgers can know, and Matt LaFleur can know, and this team can know, okay, here are these other counters, here are these other plays that they can get to that can be effective. And and think of everything that Devontae Adams unlocks when he's creating all of that attention. You know, it's one thing for Alan Lazard to run a clear-out route. It's another thing for Devontae Adams to do it. And once Devontae comes back, I don't think it's going to be just perfectly seamless that this offense is going to is going to right away hit. I think they're going to have to reacclimate a little bit to having the alpha dog back out there. I think it's a little bit like, you know, a, a team in the NBA, their star goes out and the team all of a sudden they're playing team basketball like the Wizards. John Wall gets hurt and all of a sudden they're playing with one less guy who's distributing the ball. And so everyone has to distribute the ball. And you've got to play a little bit more unselfish football. Rodgers is having to make progressions. He's having to make reads. And he's having to let the play dictate where the ball goes. There is value in that. When Devontae gets back, you have to trust it. You have to trust the play design. I don't think three weeks of good offense, uh, or in this case, it's really, you know, what, two weeks, two and a half weeks of good offense, uh, that that gives you faith in in this offense moving forward. When Devontae gets back out there, Rodgers is still probably going to want to feed him, and rightfully so. You have to find that balance. You have to you have to if you're Matt Lafleur, say we need to get these other guys involved, but we also need to make sure 17 is getting his touches because he is the best playmaker on this offense. So ultimately, the answer is. Was it good for the team, the development of the offense? Yes and no, because it is it is like, you know, they, there's all this research that says, you know, doing crossword puzzles or Sudoku or whatever as you get older is not necessarily good for your brain to, to be good in all of these areas. It's going to help it be good at Sudoku and crossword puzzles, that that kind of practice is only good at, at specific kinds of things. It's not going to you know, make it easier for you to, to react in real time as you're driving or to, you know, be quicker in conversation or whatever it is. It's just your, your brain doesn't work that way. It is the case that 
that Packers development is useful for for player development, someone like Alan Lazard or Jake Kumro. But as an offense, in order for this offense as a whole to move forward, you need it to move forward as a group that gives it its maximum ceiling. So we need to see this all from Devontae Adams and this offense in order for us to be sure that this development is taking hold because Devontae Adams' mere presence necessarily alters the equation. And so that's where you have to see it. That is the next step in the evolution of this offense. What we saw Sunday was the top end of what the offense without Devontae Adams can be. We haven't seen the top end of the offense with Devontae Adams. And so until we see that, that is the development that matters because that's the development that is going to take this team to the Super Bowl if they if they get the opportunity. That is the ceiling. You need the offense that has the maximum potential on the field developing together and putting together that chemistry and working in harmony for, for the coach's sake and for the player's sake. That's the development that ultimately matters for the Green Bay Packers to get where they want to get to this season. You're worried about the Packers injury report. I get it. But what happens when you wind up on the injury report? The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network is transforming the way healthcare is delivered to make it easier for you to connect with the best of academic medicine when and where you need it. But what exactly is academic medicine anyway? First, it's rare. There are only 120 academic medical centers in the country. The Freighter and MCW Network is one of only two in the state and the only one in eastern Wisconsin. Academic medicine makes possible leading-edge primary and specialty care, research to find innovative cures for complex diseases, and the education of the next generation of healthcare professionals. It's like having a two-time MVP quarterback under center. You know you're in good hands, and you might just see things you never thought possible. Freighter and MCW physicians have been part of many scientific discoveries of new ways to prevent and treat diseases. Still wondering what academic medicine offers you? Visit www.freighter.com academic. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network. This is what is possible. The reopening is right around the corner and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one to punch to keep your one to punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too there is a light at the end of the tunnel so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the lawnmower 3.0 get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on 
All right, let's get to Lily. She is an anchor and a reporter at WFRV in Green Bay. You can follow her on Twitter at Lily S. Zhao, Z-H-A-O. Lily, thanks for joining Locked on Backers. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. So I, there were a lot of questions coming into Sunday about the, the receiver situation and, and how Aaron Rodgers would look. And I don't think anyone anticipated it would look like this. But when you when you look at what happened in the locker room afterwards, it, it's really not hard to see how this team has really come together. You, you are someone who is who is there regularly. You are talking to these guys. The, the feel in the locker room, it, it seems unique to me. What is your thought on that? I agree. Um, being here the past five years, so four under McCarthy, not saying anything was bad, indifferent, whatever under his regime, but there's just a different energy. And if we brought that word up a bunch this year is the energy. And I can tell you, we walked into the locker room yesterday night and it was kind of, there was so much energy in that room. It was insane. Like guys were laughing. They were joking. They were running around. And that's just something different that we haven't seen in quite a while. And obviously we have to credit duty for bringing all these free agents in because the amount of, laughter and exuberance these guys showed yesterday in the locker room was something very different. Um, but like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's fun to be around because from the top down, guys are having fun. And when you're winning on top of that, it's great. And, it, and you know, I, I think there are going to be some people who say, oh, how much does that really matter? This is about winning football games. But it does seem like when you have something like what we saw on Sunday where Jake Kumro is scoring touchdowns and Marquez Valdez-Scantling in two catches has all these yards and the big plays when you're, when you're getting contributions from everywhere that it just can't be a coincidence that this team is, seems so together. I know that's a football cliche, but it just seems like the truth. It does. And you know, when you ask the guys this in the locker room, you know, Brian Balaga today was saying that, you know, we've been, and it, like Aaron said yesterday, it's been building for a while that, you know, they, they've been in this offense since the offseason, but it's taken time for them to really get everything meshed together. And even without Devontae, like we saw, I mean, you know, Aaron's throwing it to, to eight different guys. I think last week he was throwing to nine different guys. Mm-hmm. So they're spreading the wealth around, and these guys are getting super comfortable with Aaron, which is what you want to see. So I know having Devontae out sucks because um, he is their top guy, but I think with him being out, it's given these guys like an Alan Lazard, and a Jake Kumaro, just opportunities and more reps to shine with Aaron. And the fact that Matt's scheme can get these guys open and make it more comfortable for them, um, it's going to pay dividends for these guys down the road, I think. You mentioned Alan Lazard. That was someone that, that Aaron Rodgers has talked about, you know, going back to the spring. What has been your impression of, of his contribution since he's been here? Because it seems like he's someone who came out onto the field and immediately felt like, yeah, I belong here. Yeah, and we saw this during training camp. I know he didn't make the initial 53, and, you know, they brought him back. And he's a guy who, I mean, Aaron talked about him effusively one day where he kind of just singled him out and said he's going to make a great NFL player one day. And we've seen seven weeks in that without Devontae, he can step up and make those huge plays. Like that one leaping catch he made along the sideline was fantastic. And, you know, he's a guy that has earned Aaron's trust, and that's super important down the stretch. But, I mean, I, I think was it you that tweeted out, like, how did this guy get, not get drafted? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a question I have, too, because I don't know. I mean, he's a tall receiver. He's a big body. He can run. Um, has great hands, obviously. So, I mean, this kid's shown flashes, but it's exciting to see what they're going to be able to do with him down the stretch when Devontae does come back. 
I do wonder about what happened defensively, and it, it didn't seem like they had a plan for Darren Waller. It seemed like the, the coverage. It, it I can't remember the last time Mike Patton looked like he was out coached like this. I mean, what is your level of concern about what we saw defensively on Sunday? I do think we have to indeed credit John Gruden for calling a great game mm-hmm. for his offense, um, because you know, like if, if Derek Carr doesn't fumble and that's not a touchback, I mean, we're talking about a whole different game. Sure. Um, and who knows what might have happened? But there is concern in the fact that. You know, coming into the game, there's a Darren Waller and there's a Josh Jacobs. Basically, they're two top offensive weapons with Tyrell Williams out, and the Packers still can't stop those guys. And I know tight ends have burned this team in the past, defense in the past, um, but it's kind of concerning because when you see how wide open Waller was getting, it's kind of like, what's happening here? And then in the second half, when, yes, they played great situational football, but when Waller's still getting open in the second half, you're wondering why aren't these adjustments being made? And with the run game, I'm curious to see if they can build upon that because Josh Jacobs, I mean, he just gashed him that first drive. Um, I think there is a level of concern, but I feel like with this team, even if the defense is kind of bending and sort of breaking, that the offense can win for them. So it might not be disastrous, but it's obviously not something that we want to see down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, you you laid it out perfectly there. The, the Raiders coming into the game without Tyrell Williams had two guys that can beat you offensively. And the Packers decided, rather than try and take away one, they decided to take away neither. Uh, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm sure that was not by design. I'm sure they intended to stop one of them or both of them, but they couldn't get it done. And, and going into a week where now you have Tyreek Hill, you have Travis Kelsey, Sammy Watkins could be back for Kansas City. I mean, that has to be a concern for this team moving forward. How much do you think injuries have played a role here? Kenny Clark has not been 100%. Uh, we haven't had the chance to see what Oren Burks can do, really. And then Darnell Savage, I mean, I don't think his impact can be understated on the back end of this defense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do think injuries have played a part in it because we've seen how talented this defense can be with him kind of in the, in the secondary. Um, I think getting him back and seeing the improvement when he does finally get back on the field and how much better it'll get will be encouraging. But I think for the meanwhile, they're just going to have to make do with the guys that they have. And I know Kevin, you know, Kevin King, everyone talks about, uh, he's always injured, but you know, he's made some huge plays. He's given up plays, big plays before, but he's told us that, you know, we're, we're just guys that wipe that play out of our memory and it's kind of a short memory. And then we're on to the next play. It is kind of concerning though, that, you know, the offense we've seen that with Devontae out, they can produce with their wide receivers, obviously because there's Aaron. But this defense, with the, I'm curious to see what happens this week, though, against Kansas City, because if they can't contain a Darren Waller and a Josh Jacobs, it might be a problem for them in Kansas City with those weapons that you mentioned. But I do think injuries have played a part in that. Yeah, even with Matt Moore, a quarterback. All right, we're going to get back to Lily in just a second. But before we do, the folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to longer-lasting sex. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash locked on NFL. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest 
completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, back to Lily. The thing about this defense, and I want to get back to a point that we were discussing earlier about this team as a whole, the fun they're having. And you mentioned the free agent acquisitions. It seems like Preston and Zadarius Smith have really set the tone with a team that is playing together. And and for the mistakes that we've seen, we haven't seen guys at each other. We haven't seen finger pointing. We haven't seen, you know, th- that look where you look at the, the safety going, where were you? And and they're having these angry conversations. It, it seems to me, and, and you're around this team a lot, that that attitude trickles down and allows them to play a little bit freer in these situations. And then you get a situation like Kevin King makes an interception in the end zone. I mean, am I, am I overreacting to what I'm seeing with the energy on this team? Not at all. And, you know, I, I think it's interesting because this defense, okay, so say they don't, they don't get sacks, which is what didn't happen on Sunday, mm-hmm. but their back end got interceptions. And I'm sure there are going to be games where they get a lot of sacks, but maybe not interceptions. And this defense can survive either way, I think. Um, Again, they're very bend, but don't break completely. Um, But what we like is that, you know, Zadarius and Preston, these guys are leaders in the locker room. And they're never guys that are going to be finger pointing, like you mentioned. They're never guys going to be calling out anybody. If that does happen, it'll be internal. And I don't think the media, it's going to be around the media at all. But just the amount of energy and enthusiasm that these guys bring to playing football. I mean, that's trickled down to just about everybody. So even if the defense knows that, Hey, we haven't had a great game today. We know that our offense bailed us out in certain situations and we know that we can get better next week. And that's a different attitude than I've seen kind of in the past year. Well, we, the Packers have not had a defense like this in a long time. And so it's hard (laughs) to have an, an attitude like, Oh yeah, we're okay. If, if week in and week out, it's clear they're not okay. Uh, the the last thing that I'm that I'm wondering about here, as we look toward Kansas City and and you know Patrick Mahomes not being in this game, certainly means that the the ceiling for the Chiefs' offense isn't as high as it is with Matt Moore. But we saw in the second half against Denver, this Chiefs' offense with the skill players they have is still really really talented. Do you think there's a, a chance of a letdown here, or do you think Green Bay is going to come out you know, more focused and ready to play than, than maybe they would have in years past against a backup quarterback? I, I think they're going to come ready to play. Um, I mean, the attitude from the couple guys we talked to today was that this is a hostile environment. I mean, Balaga even likens kind of their crowd noise to playing in Seattle. So they're, they know it's going to be a huge challenge because anytime you're on the road – at night against a really talented team with talented skill players, you're going to have to play to your level. And I mean, they want to show it on prime time. So I think they do show up. It's going to be difficult because for Matt Moore, I don't think he has to be Patrick Mahomes. He just has to manage the game, you know, just dink and dunk, do what you need to have the run game and just throw it to your skill players and they can take it from there. And I think what we saw was that Kansas city defense was just, I mean, they were smothering granted. They were playing Joe Flacco, who you had a great line for, 
Um, <laughs> and so he's not going to be getting around a lot <laughs> like Aaron Rodgers will. Um, but I do think this team's going to get come ready because they're in for a really, really tough stretch. I think it's four of their next five games are on the road. So they're going to have to start winning now. Otherwise, it might cascade down the line. Yeah. And, and look, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Andy Reid is still the coach. And Arrowhead Stadium is still a really, really tough place to play. Lily, I really appreciate you joining the show. Uh, and we'll, we'll have to have you back soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right. I want to thank Lily again for joining the show. Lily is great, and uh, if you're not following her on Twitter, do that. Lily S. Zhao. And she echoes what we've heard from the Packers beat reporters before. This is a this is a different vibe around this team. It, it just has a different feel. It's, it's a different kind of team, and it seems like it's coming from the players. They are the heartbeat of this culture change. So we'll see if, if and when adversity strikes, how they react. We saw how, how they reacted to the loss. And losing Devontae Adams. You lose to the Eagles and you lose your best playmaker. And you reel off three straight wins amid injuries. One on the road against a very good Cowboys team in a game you dominated. I mean, really dominated. And that, I mean, that speaks to how they've been able to overcome adversity. How about real adversity in terms of losses? Let's say they lose two in a row. They lose a game that they should win. You lose to Matt Moore. And all of a sudden you go to L.A. and it's a it's a, an anxious, a desperate, a clinging to life Chargers team. And you lose that one. Now what? You got to come home and face the Panthers. I mean, these are these are things we don't know. You, you hope to avoid that kind of stuff. But, you know, the positive energy when you're winning is a lot easier. That's that's the point. So we'll see. I, I have I have a lot of belief in this team right now because they have a lot of belief in themselves. And and ultimately, that's what matters uh, as we discussed, you know, they, they don't seem to be phased by adversity. You know, the defense gives up some plays and they feel comfortable. They go up, they go back out there. They're not hanging their heads. They believe that they're going to make the play to win the game because they've done it. And, and that's what this kind of defense can do. That's what that self-belief can do. And, and you have the muscle memory of doing it. Adrian Amos, week one, you make the plays. Against the Vikings, you know, you, you make the interceptions, the fumbles, the turnovers that you need when you need them. Against Denver, you do it. And so you, you have that muscle memory to rely on. I I related to, you know, my, my wife played golf in college. She's a great golfer. I'm an okay golfer. And she is always on me about negative self-talk. And I'm, I'm like, you know, it's a lot easier for you. You've hit a lot more good shots and a lot fewer bad shots in your life than I have. I stand over the ball and I think about a lot more bad shots. You stand over the ball and think about all the good shots you've hit. And it's a lot more than I have. When you're a defense that has made those plays, it's a lot easier to have belief that you can do it. And now to see the Packers offense, as Lily mentioned, pick them up. Defense didn't play great against Oakland, but guess what? The offense did. And that's the first time this season. And it's crazy to say. Week 7, it's the first time this season the offense had to pick up the defense. And they did it. And so now, the team, as a team, you believe you can win in any situation under any circumstance. And, and you believe that because you've done it. So that is, that is a different kind of team than we're used to in Green Bay. And it's fun to see. It really is. We're going to be back tomorrow for Crossover Wednesday. And then Thursday with the Scouting Report, our Periscope on Friday. If you don't subscribe to the Locked on Packers newsletter, check that out on Thursday. Uh, you can you can go subscribe to it 
And if you want to be a part of a show like this, we have myriad ways for you to get involved. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Subscribe to the show. Leave a review. Leave a rating, preferably five stars. Like us on Facebook. Be a part of our community there. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up, if you want to be like Kevin from Germany, although I guess that was on Twitter. Uh, but you can do that uh, on the Locked on Packers fan hotline. That's 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Thanks for listening to the Locked on Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.